The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk and Built by Nature. Catch Texas Football Today live weekdays at noon on TexasFootball.com and Facebook. And get involved with the show using hashtag TFToday. Yes, yes, y'all. From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it's Texas Football Today, a show that's hitting a round number today. It's true. My name is Greg Tepper. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us, whether you're watching us live at texasfootball.com or on Facebook or listen to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. Sitting here, sitting over there at the helm today. She has relinquished her throne. I have. Now yes. the former <laughs> royal of the North Texas Mean Green. It's Ashley Pickle. Hi, Ashley. Howdy. How, was, was it okay? Was it, a, was it a bittersweet thing for you? No, it was, it was cool. I was uh, happy for the winner, so... Who won? A uh, guy named Jay Carr. Do you know him? Uh, kind of, yeah. Not like super, like super good friends, friends, but I do know him through stuff at UNT. Well deserved, good is he a guy. Jerk? No, you can, be, you can be honest. This is a safe space. No, it's he's not. A, uh, and he nobody's going to hear guy. this. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Nobody's going to hear this. It's not like this is live <laughs> broadcast worldwide. Or <laughs> he's a great guy. Good, very, very well deserving of it. So, happy but for I mean, him. but big shoes to fill. Hmm. No. Nah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. We saw the crown. It's true. And sitting to my right, the millennial to my boomer, our West African prince, Sitchmiel Johnson. <laughs> hey, buddy. Have you seen this debate going on about the word boomer? Oh, yeah. I'm it's a dumb debate. It's a terrible debate. <laughs> it's a really dumb debate. Especially I'm just it's saying. such a great comeback. I'm just going to say. Up, boomer. Like, right. <laughs> I'm just going to say that if people can come after all, I guess, all are all of us in the same generation? Yeah, we're all millennials. Yeah. Are we all millen- yeah. you're, you're, you consider yourself millennial? Uh, yeah. I think, I think so. we're on, I think we're I'm on like very and different ends of the same spectrum. Though. I right. think, yeah, I think I'm at the very like I think I'm like the last cut off here. Yeah, maybe if people can come after us, say per this it says 81 to 96. Is oh money. yeah, Oof, no. Oh no, you're we out. are not in the oh, same. No. Oh no, you're Gen oh, Z. Oh no, Gen Z. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, Sorry, 97. Point is, <laughs> if people can come after Ish and I, yeah, <laughs> uh, for being millennials, then we should be able to go after the boomers. Yeah, I, I, I like this. I, li- I like that it's com- it's coming back. Now. Let's go class yeah. warfare. Yeah. Um, <laughs> today is Monday, November fourth, two thousand nineteen. Twenty four days until Thanksgiving. Episode eight fifty. Eight fifty. The number of innings pitched for Joe Coleman in his illustrious Washington Senator's career. That was from nineteen sixty five to nineteen seventy. So he would be a boomer. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he is a boomer. Well, no, he's. Uh, oh, he might be. What X. is older than a boomer? No, older. No, 65. He, would pitch, he pitched in 65. Pitched in 65. So, he, I think he'd still be What's a the boomer? generation before? Well, no. He'd no, be, he'd be a boomer. I think yeah, I think he's a boomer. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, on today's show, guys, <laughs> uh, we're going an hour. We're doing live. I think we'll do it live. We've got the greatest generation, I think, is that. That's right. Yeah. Monday morning fallout. <laughs> uh, then the rankings reveal. We'll reveal the rankings of the uh, week 11 Texas High School Ball rankings. By the way, for those who don't know, we stopped doing rankings um, after the regular season because... They don't. Why? Yeah. Why? why? Would we? why yeah. <laughs> it's not going to change much. If you win, <laughs> yeah, if, you, if you, I mean, the playoffs. Are Eventually, it'll just be the top four teams. Yes. And why would and you then know, it's you, like, then, what yeah. do rankings matter anymore? Yes. Uh, we'll have the rankings revealed. Then, back half the show. Uh, 
there are some times where I don't know if we've ever booked a guest before. There, I have to go back and be like, man, have we had so-and-so on, Coach so-and-so? I know for a fact we've never had Fort Worth Northside Coach Joseph Turner on because there wasn't a reason to have uh, Coach Joseph Turner on. With all due respect to him, he's been fantastic mm-hmm. there. But they have not made the playoffs in 39 years. Guess what? Mm-hmm. The Steers are dancing for the first time uh, in, in a very, very long time uh, since 1979. And we will talk with the head coach of the Fort Worth Northside Steers, uh, Coach Joseph Turner, coming up here uh, at the back half of the show. We'll have the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week nominees, the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Teams of the Week, and we'll finish it all up with a campus crawl. <clears throat> Did you guys have a good weekend? That was okay. Did yeah. you guys get out your Thanksgiving decorations? Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. I, <laughs> my... <laughs> Uh, my <laughs> wife, my wife, <laughs> and I have been decorator. married long enough that now we do have Thanksgiving decorations. Oh my gosh! It's like yeah, we yeah we used to have those at like my house house. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't have any currently. I have a Hello Fall sign. Does that count? It's got like leaves stuff. Close enough. I guess. I'll allow it. Yeah. Allow <laughs> it. Did you ever do you uh do you color some? Are you gonna color some hand turkeys? No, but my son does. Good. He does the little hand turkeys. There you go. Yeah. Hand, hand turkeys. Oh, always great. <laughs> hand turkeys. Hundred percent hit rate. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Ashley? Yes. Hit the air race time. Time for Monday Morning Fallout. Monday Morning Fallout, of course, when we overreact to the football weekend. Whoa. Howdy. Is there a lot to overreact to? We'll start with my three big thoughts. Thought number one, small schools, big spotlight. Um, a lot, I think inevitably, and I've, I've mentioned this before, but inevitably, because of the size of the schools, a lot of the statewide attention of Texas high school football tends to gravitate towards the 6A and 5A level. Schools, more than 1,000 kids. The larger schools, the, the more high-profile schools, typically. This was a weekend in week 10 of the Texas high school football season when I feel like the small schools took center stage. And some of them made huge, huge statements. One of them, and I don't think there's really any doubt about this, that the weekend, the winner of the weekend was post. Um, the only matchup of undefeateds in the state of Texas was Post going to New Deal, okay? And we figured, I picked Post, but I, I was like, this is really tight. Like, it's close. I have no idea. And 53 to nothing later, Post has sent a statement not just to their district and not just to Region 1, but to the entire state in 2A Division 1. A thumping on the road of New Deal is jaw-dropping. That was, to me, the biggest result of the weekend. The second biggest result was Whitney's win over Grandview. Okay? Down goes the defending state champs, 3A Division I. It snaps the state's second longest winning streak. And now, by the way, there's only one undefeated state champ, uh, defending state champions in Longview. That's it. Everyone else has a loss. Doesn't it feel like between that and you, you factor in other results like uh, Die Ball's big win over Franklin, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, like Troy beating Lago Vista and winning that district. Doesn't it feel like 3A Division One is suddenly way more wide open? Especially when you consider like Grandview losing that number one spot mm-hmm. now, probably in that district. Mm-hmm. I was I put I put the their potential playoff path in the in the Slack. Mm-hmm. They could see Rockdale and By District. Cameron Yeo in round three, and then die ball in a regional semifinal. 
That's yeah. That's, 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 that's not a walk in the park. Yeah, they no. go back to AT&T. They earn that. Yes, 100%. Um, that, those were really the ones that, that caught my eye. The other one, Stanet West Texas went to Panhandle and, and beat up on, on the Panthers, 77-52, in yep. a wild shootout. And 2A Division One is going to be a lot of fun in Region 1, which, you know, I think not a ton of people, you know, when you talk about Post making a big statement, West Texas making a big statement, Panhandle still there. This is going to be a lot of fun, and and to me, this was really it was really cool to see the smaller schools take a big step into the into the limelight. The other one in the four A ranks, if you can consider four A Division One small schools, which I think four A below is kind of my cutoff. Um, La Vega. I mentioned this on Fox on Friday night. If La Vega was ever gone, they're back. <laughs> like, I, first of all, I don't think they're ever gone. No, but now they are definitely back. And you, it just feels like we're careening towards a La Vega and Argyle rematch. And I can't wait. <laughs> I want to see that game very much. So uh, those are my three big, or sorry, that's thought number one. Thought number two. It's like, whoa, yeah, whoa, whoa, we're not done it was, yet. It, it felt like a lot of thoughts. <laughs> it, it was. Thought number two, a series of thuds. And that was kind of what I felt like over the course of the college football weekend. There were exceptions. There were exceptions. We, we mentioned Baylor. We talked about them on Friday night. wasn't great, but it was effective. A&M took care of business against UTSA, right? Um, but really, so I, I guess you give it to North Texas, too. North yeah. Texas. Which upset your free money pick, and I was so pumped about it. <laughs> you were, like, so confident. That's the one rule that we know in picking this uh, year. Are you done? Yeah, I w- I've been waiting <laughs> all week, and I almost tweeted it at you, and I was like, no, it would be so much sweeter to do it in person. Uh, do you want a couple more minutes? Or? I could go for a couple more minutes, but we'll get, we'll, I'll let you have it. Aside from that, it sure <laughs> seemed like you had a number of results that just left you with an empty feeling inside. I think Houston, like Houston put up a fight against Central Florida, but it sure felt like, man... Wouldn't it be cool to have De'Aaron King out there? That was the only thing I thought watching that game was like, man, how good would this offense be with De'Aaron King? Um, TCU goes to Oklahoma State and loses 34-27. And just, you know, the defense just just was unable to contain Chuba Chuba Hubbard, which was disappointing. Uh, Rice lost 20-7 to fall to 0-9. I mean, just gross. Texas State. I told you. Thud. I literally said you what was going to happen. Good. Yeah. And then there was Memphis and SMU. And that was, of course, the big game. And I want to be clear that that I don't think, like, what I was really impressed with was SMU fought and clawed and went as hard as they could in this game. But in the end, they got a pretty bad game from their defense and a miserable game from their special teams absolutely miserable game from their special teams. And it ended up costing them. That ended up costing them. That is going to be the kind of thing that I feel like they they have to look they have to look like they missed an opportunity there. Because that game was there for the taking. I'm not super convinced that Memphis is all that much better than SMU. But, I mean, look, Memphis looked really good. Don't get me wrong. But, like, SMU put up 500 yards and 48 points. Just a series of thuds over the course of the weekend. Another thought, real fast. Uh, the Independence Bowl is a really cool-looking stadium. Yeah, I think that that's that's a cool one. Mm-hmm. Liberty Bowl, Liberty Bowl. Yeah, is it Liberty? Okay, Independence Bowl is in Shreveport. Yeah. Ah, 
Okay. Liberty Bowl. Well, Liberty no, Bowl. Liberty Bowl. Desert very, very cool. It was like, really, really cool setting after game yeah. day and all that. It yeah. Was, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure. Like, like the sky angle of the cameras and everything were really cool. Yeah. And thought number three, win or go home. Uh, we are now in week 11. It's the final week of the Texas high school football season, regular season. Half the teams in the state, basically. A little less than half the teams in the state will be done after this week. Uh, it'll be over for them. And so... There is a lot uh, a lot riding on here. But I mentioned this to Craig Way today on his show. One thing that's really interesting about Week 11 is that there is so much on the line. It is mm. the most impactful week of the year so far. Just crazy, like, huge implications. Major, major games all across the state. And Sunday morning's going to hit and nobody's going to care. Mm-hmm. Like, we're not going to mention one thing about Week 11, basically, in next week's show. Like, we're not, because there's no point. Yep. We, have the, we have the brackets, and everyone's all their attention shifts to the brackets. It's, it's a weird week, but for a lot of teams, there are win-or-go-home games all across state. It's going to be a fun Week 11. Three helmet stickers. A helmet sticker for Frisco Independence quarterback Braylon Braxton, who went 22-37 for 332 yards and five touchdowns and ran for another score uh, for Frisco Independence in their win over the Colony. North Texas quarterback Mason Fine Woo-hoo. was excellent. Uh, threw for five touchdowns in the first half, led them to a big win over UTEP, and did his post-game in a dinosaur outfit, which was awesome. And finally, Greenville wide receiver Miles Denson, four catches, 104 yards, and three touchdowns uh, receiving, five carries, 85 yards, and a touchdown on the ground. And Greenville, by the way, uh, clinched a playoff spot uh, for the first time in... Let me see if I can find this. David Smoke was tweeting about this. 2003, 51-3 win over, over 40. They're playoff bound for the first time since 2003. Congratulations to the, to the Greenville Lions. Big reason why they're, re- they're wide receiver, Miles Denson. Three teams to watch. Dangerfield. Um, Dangerfield's a team that I think maybe flew, uh, is flying under people's radar at this point. Um, I think because they had the two losses. Um, now, those two losses are to Gunner in the opener, which, talking with folks around Gunner, they will tell you how good Dangerfield is. Uh, and then they lost to DeKalb uh, on the road in week four. Um, that is, those are both, I think, pretty excusable losses. But last week, they go to Omaha and beat Paul Pewitt 42-38. to um, And a previously unbeaten Paul Pewitt, really impressive. And that is a team you do not want to face in the playoffs. They have home run hitters. Tarleton State. <laughs> Do you see what they did? <laughs> that was um, ridiculous. Speaking uh, of statements. Yeah, so Tarleton <laughs> State, if you were, uh, if you didn't know, played Midwestern State this week. Midwestern State. Good program. Not a bad team. Yeah. Not a bad team. 66-7. Mm-hmm. 66-7. An absolute butt-whipping from, uh, from Tarleton State. Uh, they rang up, uh, let me see if I can, 558 yards total offense. This was a molly whopping. Tarleton State is maybe. It's them, I mean, we go back to it. It's, it's them or UMHB, mm-hmm. like as far as the best pound for pound team in the state from a college perspective. Respect to Baylor, but Baylor is not one of the top four teams in the FBS, I think. Yeah. Hot take. But Tarleton is a team to keep an eye on. And Beville Jones. Beville Jones polishes off an undefeated 10-0 season at District Championship uh, with their win this past Friday. Chris Souza, man, they're going to build a statue to that dude. He, came, he comes back for a second tour of duty there with the, with the Trojans, and all he does in his first year is get them to 10-0. Uh, 
Really impressive stuff. They are a team to watch. Three to see. A few big games this weekend. Cedar Hill and DeSoto is, of course, uh, a team, a game that everybody's going to have their eye on. Uh, exciting, exciting game. Um, not a ton of playoff implications because they're going to different divisions. But uh, if you are, if you know about that rivalry, you know that this is a game that, that both teams very desperately want to win. Should be a lot of fun. Kansas State and Texas. Um, this would be a good time for Texas to get off the mat and play a good game against a Kansas State team that's feeling pretty good about themselves. And hey, look at it this way: Texas can get a, um, uh, a you know, they can they can get a, a a win, a transitive win over Oklahoma if they beat if they beat Kansas State. And finally, Abilene Cooper and Amarillo. You want to talk about setting up a district championship game? Uh, Abilene Cooper coming off their bye week. Uh, we talked with their coach, Aaron Rowan, last week. They now draw Amarillo, who took care of business against Lubbock. Uh, that is for the District 2-5A Division One crown uh, and for the number one seed out of that district. Huge matchup out there uh, in Amarillo. Those are three to see. That is Monday Morning Fallout. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells, and of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. Dave Campbell's Texas Football is proud to unveil its Week 11 statewide Texas high school football rankings. The rankings are compiled by the Dave Campbell's Texas Football staff. Dave Campbell's Texas Football has published the state's most respected Texas high school football rankings for decades and is the official rankings provider of the Associated Press starting this year. Insiders get early access to the rankings on Monday morning, but we are here now to reveal them to you. In Class 6A, a lot of chalk... But some notable changes and some notable absences out of the rankings after their second consecutive loss is Beaumont Westbrook, who tumbles out of the rankings. In their stead, checking in at number 25, Civil of Steel. 34-7 winners over New Braunfels Canyon. They are now the new number 25 team. The top 10 completely unchanged. Duncanville, Katy, Allen, Longview, North Shore, South Lake Carroll, Converse Judson, Cy Fair, Spring Westfield, and Humble Atascacita. Everyone else checks up a spot in there in, in the absence of Beaumont Westbrook. But 6A, largely unchanged. We haven't had a ton of changes in the top 10 in a while. Uh, there's a few notable games coming up this week, but I think that all the top 10 are going to be favored. Uh, that should make this uh, a pretty steady heading into the final week of the season. To 5A we go, where there are a little bit of changes, albeit not huge ones. Highland Park needed overtime to beat Lancaster, but they get the win 42-35. to They stay the same at number four. Lancaster drops from number seven to number nine with, Ab with San Antonio Wagner with their big win over San Antonio Veterans Memorial. Very impressive there. They check up to number eight, uh, and Ab Idle Abilene Cooper is up a spot to number nine. The rest of it the same, including the top three. Frisco Lone Star, Alvin Shadow Creek, and Denton Ryan. 5A Division Two. we go. Where? Chalk. 1 through 10 entirely unchanged. 1 through 10 goes 10 and 0 this week, including Barbers Hill's very impressive 40 to 35 win over Port Natchez Groves. Uh, elsewhere, Corpus Christi Cal Allen took down a very game Alice squad this year. Big game this match this week. Number three, Corpus Christi Cal Allen taking on number eight, Port Lavaca Calhoun. Figures to be a lot of fun. Everything else pretty chalky. 1 through 10 unchanged in 5A Division 2. To 4A Division One, we go, where there's a little bit of changes, most notably because of Brownwood's loss to Waco La Vega. Waco La Vega stays the same at number three with their 31-14 win 
over Brownwood, but Brownwood tumbles from number six to number nine. Moving up in their place, number six, Needville, followed by number seven, Lampasas, and number eight, Springtown. Beville Jones is done. They're 10-0. One of the five 10-0 teams in the state of Texas. They have polished off that that record, and they are done at number 10. Likely, unlikely to change, uh, at least falling out of the rankings. Some, something crazy would have to happen if they were to fall out of the rankings. But the top five unchanged, Argyle, Carthage, Waco, La Vega, Decatur, and Dumas, all winners to stay the same in 4A Division One. To 4A Division Two, we go where? Chalk. Now, three of these teams were idle. Waco, Conley, Lovick, Estacado, and Gilmer did not play this week. But everyone else won, and everyone else won in pretty impressive fashion. Pleasant Grove is, uh, is done for the year. They will remain number one, barring something crazy with Waco, Conley next week. Uh, they will remain number one with a 63-21 win over Longview Spring Hill. They are 9-1 and and heading into the playoffs. Also done at 10-0, Midland Greenwood. They polish off that perfect regular season with a 10-0 record after taking down Monahan's 49-7. West Orange Stark was a big winner over Liberty. Sunnyvale, number seven. Geronimo Navarro, number eight, after getting a game from Cuero. Number nine, Iowa Park. And number 10, Jasper, rounds out the 4A Division two top 10. This is the rankings reveal of the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Rankings here on Texas Football Today. Get involved in the conversation. Hashtag TF Today. To 3A we go, where we have a new number one atop the 3A Division one rankings. The Wall Hawks are the number one team in 3A Division One, uh, courtesy of Whitney's win over Grandview. Grandview slips one spot to number two, just ahead of the team that they beat, Malakoff, at number three. But Wall, with their 20-6 come-from-behind win over Breckenridge, is 9-0 and the new number one team in 3A Division One. Troy and Pottsboro. Troy uh, jumps up a spot, leapfrogs idle Pottsboro to finish the year 9-1 with their 40-33 win over Lago Vista. They are now number six. Cameron Yo and Eastland remain the same at number eight and number nine, but a new number 10. How about George West? The Longhorns are 9-0, and checking into the top 10 for the first time this year. 9-0 and down there in Region 4. Keep an eye on them. They are the number 10 team, according to Dave Campbell's Texas Football in 3A Division 1. To 3A Division 2 we go, where we lost a team. Paul Pewitt drops out of the rankings with their loss to Dangerfield, but in their place... Comes Dangerfield, who takes in the number 10 spot after a 42-38 win over Paul Pewitt. Everything else relatively unchanged. Top 7, in fact, completely unchanged. Canadian, East Bernard, Newton, their big win over Corgan Cambit. Very impressive stuff. Rogers, Gunner, Abernathy, and Cisco are the top 7. Poth up a spot to number 8. Palmer, now 9-0, up a spot to number 9 in 3A Division 2. To 2A we go, where Post is the big leaper here. Uh, jumping up from number 9 to number 6 with their impressive win over New Deal. New Deal tumbles out of the rankings with the loss. Top 5 unchanged, Refurio, Shiner, San Saba, San Augustine, and Hawley. Holland stays the same at number 7. Alto at number 8. Mason up a spot with their 54-0 win over Harper to number 9. And new to the rankings after their very impressive win over Panhandle. Stanette West, Texas, who is now 7-2 on the year after a 77-52 win over Panhandle. Very impressive stuff uh, from the Comanches. They are number 10 in 2A Division One. To 2A Division Two, we go, where we had another change. Uh, number 9 has dropped out of the rankings, and in their spot, El Dorado. El Dorado is 8-1 with a 61-0 win over Menard. They enter the rankings at number 10. Up a spot uh, and done for the year at 8-2 is Grapeland. District champions, back-to-back district champions for the first time in something like 30 years, I've read somewhere. Very impressive stuff from the Sandys. They are number 10. Uh, the top eight unchanged. Fall City, Albany, Mart, Stratford, Wellington, Hamlin, 
uh, Flatonia and Wheeler. Uh, Albany and Hamlin play this week, and Wheeler and Wellington play this week, so we're going to have some carnage in 2A Division Two. To 1A we go. Where? I want to spoil the whole thing. Entirely 100% chalk. Everyone who is supposed to win won. Uh, the number one team in 1A Division One remains Balmeray. The Bears take care of Fort Davis. 64-0 big game this week against number six Rankin, who got a 54-0 win over Marfa. Uh, McLean stays hot with a 60-14 win over Valley. They remain the same at number two in 1A Division One. In 1A Division Two, also chalk, and Jayton finishes their year 9 or 10-0 and 0, uh, to remain wire-to-wire wire at number 1 in 1A Division 2. Grand Falls Royalty also done at number 2. They are 9-1 and 1 after their 58-12 win over Buena Vista. Uh, elsewhere, everything else remains the same. Wilson Springs at number 3, Blackwell at 4, Calvert at 5, Strawn at 6. Big game this week against number 7, Gordon. That will be a really fun game. Motley County 8, Groom 9, and Blanket 10. It's a really good week in 6-man, by the way. And to the private school ranks we go, where the 11-man ranks are unchanged. Cedar Hill Trinity Christian remains the same with their at number one with their 56-7 win over Tyler Grace Community. Fort Worth Nolan is undefeated at 9-0 after a 42-21 uh, late win over Fort Worth All Saints. Pulled away late in that game. Houston Second Baptist at number three. Austin Regents at number four. And rounding up the top five, Dallas Parish Episcopal. To the private six-man ranks we go, where there's a little bit of change. Number three, new number three in the in the state is Watauga Harvest Christian checks up in leapfrogs. Houston Emory Weiner with a 56-0 win over Lubbock All Saints. Emory Weiner is now at number four. And new to the rankings, Bastrop Tribe consolidated a nine and one done for done for the regular season with a 46-0 win over Victoria Homeschool. They are the new number five team in the private six-man rankings according to Dave Campbell's Texas Football. There they are, the Week 11 Texas High School Football Rankings. You can find them at TexasFootball.com and TexasFootball.com slash rankings. Dave Campbell's Texas Football is the official rankings provider of the Associated Press starting in 2019. The rankings are compiled by the Dave Campbell's Texas Football staff. And if you have any questions, it's at Ishmael R. Johnson on Twitter. Or it's at Ashley underscore Pickle 12. Is that right? Yeah. 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 Ashley underscore Pickle 12. That's who you can lodge your complaints with. Yeah. Ashley underscore Pickle 12 and Ishmael R. Johnson on Twitter. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells, and of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. We want to invite you to check out TexasFootball.com to become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. That's our subscription package. Two magazines, years worth of exclusive online content at TexasFootball.com, including computer rankings of every Texas high school football team, computer projections every Texas high school game. Here we go. Here's what you really want. Playoff projections. We got them up. Mock realignment coming tomorrow for 6A. We'll have that up on TexasFootball.com. Tep and Step, the Week 11 preview. We are recording it today. Uh, you will have the premium podcast for insiders at TexasFootball.com slash insider plus. Access to our archives. All sorts of good stuff. Become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider at TexasFootball.com slash insider. Ashley, let's go to the hotline, and let's bring in the head coach of the playoff-bound Fort Worth Northside Steers. We are joined by Coach Joseph Turner. Coach, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Doing excellent. I imagine that uh, maybe this Monday is a little different than uh, than a, a few past uh, other Mondays, huh? 
Yes, a tad bit better. The morale is uh, is uh, pretty high around here. We're having a good time. Well, the the reason for those who don't know, Fort Worth Northside clinches a playoff spot uh, with a twenty one twenty win over Fort Worth Polytechnic, and people may be saying, "Oh, well, okay, well, good for them." Uh, it's the first time since nineteen seventy nine that the Steers are going dancing their first playoff berth, uh, snapping five A's longest playoff drought. Uh, Coach, I guess first and foremost, I want to know. What was uh, what was the feeling on on Saturday when you guys were able to get that win? I know for me personally, it was just a big sigh of relief. Uh, one point I made was that I wasn't able to go to the playoffs when I was in high school, and I let my boys know that, and I told them, you know, this wouldn't just be a dream come true for you guys, but it's for me also. And you know, everybody's bought in; those guys are doing a phenomenal job. So we had a great time celebrating with each other. Uh, what was what was the uh, the celebration like? I imagine there was a lot of uh, a lot of hugs, a lot of a lot of high fives. I imagine it was a, it was a pretty pretty wild uh, rest of the afternoon. Yeah, it was. Unfortunately, we had a game right after us, so we had to cut it short. So we didn't get to take pictures and everything like we really wanted to. But it was a whole lot of hugs, a whole lot of high fives. A lot of tears, tears of joy. Yeah, I, I can certainly imagine that. It's easy to see why. Uh, you know, you're a guy who, who took over this program. You're in your seventh year there at, uh, or you're in your seventh year there at, at Northside. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in, in how you've seen this program change. You know, this is a program we mentioned hasn't had the kind of success that I know that they've been hoping for. But, but over the course of your time there, how have you seen this program change? You got to excuse us the school oh, bell going off. That's all right. <laughs> I know you've got, I know you've got a day job. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, just, just building brick by brick, taking it day by day and just keeping our heads down and working hard. You know, I tell the boys all the time, don't ever pick your heads up and pay attention to what's good uh, that's going on around here. Just keep your head down and keep working. There's so much more work to do, um, but the kids are bought in. Our middle schools are, are extremely successful, so we're getting, you know, a good start as to our kids when they come into the program. And we've been running the same systems for quite some time, so these boys are able to play a whole lot faster. and. They're starting to play really good football, not just on the mental side. I'm not just on the physical side. I'm sorry, but on the mental side. You guys, uh, you guys, once again, seems to be your mo this year. But you guys once again had to rally to to beat Polly. Uh, I'm sure you guys would just love to coast to like a 63 nothing win. That would be probably better for your health. Um, but but you know, why do you think? What's been the secret for you guys in the second half? Why have you guys been so successful there in the second half? I'm still trying to figure it out. You know, I, I'm still trying to figure that out. I told them many times, you know, you guys are going to give me a heart attack. And it may be the halftime speeches where we go in and, you know, how coaches get. We have to say what needs to be said to get those guys going. But when their backs are against the wall, that's when they play their best. And unfortunately, it didn't kick in until the fourth quarter of this game. But it's been very exciting to watch. And uh, we're just happy to give everybody, you know, good games to watch. And we're putting up good points. And the defense is doing a good job. And it's been really exciting. We're talking with Joseph Turner, the head coach of the Fort Worth Northside Steers here on Texas Football Today. Get involved in the conversation in hashtag TF Today. Uh, all right, Coach, uh, I want to talk about one of the guys that I think has been a, a real a real difference maker for your offense. You guys are up 10 points per game uh, offensively this year, and one of the big reasons, I think, is, is your junior quarterback, Isaac Rosales, um, a guy who I think last year took his lumps, uh, you know, grew kind of kind of on-the-job training for him. Uh, how have you seen him grow as, as a quarterback this year? You know, I'll go back to middle school. As an eighth grader, you can see that he had some ability to play the game. And his freshman year, we were able to keep him down at the freshman level, and he, he grew quite a bit, and we've been running the same systems. Last year as a sophomore, he went in and threw for over 1,200 yards and, and uh, over 10 touchdowns. And 
you can see that the physical ability was there because he was making a lot of really good plays. But this year, everything has slowed down so much in regards to just him getting the plays in, getting the boys lined up where they need to be. And he even makes some protection calls when he needs to. And it's amazing to see him grow. Uh, on the other side, you know, your defense uh, obviously was a, was a key part of your big win over, over Polytechnic. And it's been a, been a, a real kind of sturdy uh, side of the ball for you guys. Uh, what, is it, what is it about this defense that's working for you guys right now? We're just lining up and we're just playing ball. My defensive coordinator cut out a lot of stuff that we were trying to do at the beginning of the year, and we just get lined up and we read our keys and we do our best to get our stops. We try to take away the one or two best players that they have on the other side of the field, and uh, everybody else just has to buy in and do their job. We're really focusing on buckling down and doing your job every play, and our Mike linebacker, Chris Smith, is leading the team right now with 101 tackles. He's doing a phenomenal job. You know, I'm I'm interested in talking with coaches at, at programs like this that that haven't had the kind of success that they're hoping for. Um, I feel like it's always easy to motivate kids when they're winning. Say, hey, let's just go keep doing that. Wasn't that fun? Um, this has been a program that we mentioned has has struggled. Has, has just snapped a 39 uh, year playoff drought. How do you how did you keep your kids motivated uh, throughout the course of the year? Uh, you know, knowing knowing the history and knowing that that this has been a program that that struggled. What what's been the key for your motivation this year? Well, it, it's kind of tough to, to pinpoint, you know, what exactly it's been. Uh, we have a really strong junior class with some with some senior leaders, and we've got a few sophomores that go in and do what they need to do. It really goes back to we uh, did spring ball mm-hmm. this past spring, and we, we sat down and we talked about a lot of goals that we wanted to accomplish, and we said if we're going to take this program to the next level. We need to have spring ball. We need to have summer workouts. We need to have seven-on-seven, seven, and then we need to have everyone bought in in the fall. And, you know, guys have really stepped up and, and they've, they've taken on their role seriously and, and they're doing a great job of that. So when we put together the, the summer edition of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, we get questionnaires uh, from coaches. You turned in your questionnaire back then and we appreciate it, Coach. Thanks. Um, no <laughs> and, and one of the questions we ask is we ask people to, to predict their district finishes. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, you, 39-year playoff drought, you predicted that Northside was going to make the playoffs. And you're exactly right. How'd you know? Uh, I have to give a, a special shout-out to a kid. I knew he was going to make it because we got a kid named Daywan Lofton. He has over 1,900 total yards and 30 touchdowns in nine games. Uh, every game, he's been the best competitor and the best player on the field. And he's put us in, in, in position to win these games, along with the supporting cast of Isaac Rosales, the running back Jay Aguirre, and a solid defense and good special teams play. Uh, but Daywan, just having him grow and doing what he's doing, I knew that we can move him around quite quite a bit, and it would create some matchups, and that would win us some games. So Daywan is doing a phenomenal job. And correct me if I'm wrong, he's just a sophomore, right? Daywan is actually a junior. Junior. He has one more year. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you're sorry to have to bring him back next year. That's, that's a problem. Hey, I'm, I'm, if he can do what he's done this year, I'll be perfectly fine. Uh, it's it's Joseph Turner, the head coach of Fort Worth Northside, joining us. Um, coach, it, uh, the work's not done. Obviously, you guys have a, have playoffs uh, on. You know, excited about the playoffs, but there's still one more game to play. Uh, Thursday night, you guys are taking on Justin Northwest for, uh, you know, a share of the district championship. Uh, it's been even longer since Northside has won a district championship. Uh, I, I know you've been poured over film, taking a look at what you guys are up against uh, uh, in the Texans this week. I'm not going to ask you to give away your game plan, but when you take a look at what you guys are up against this week, what, what do you see? We're up against quite possibly the best team that we're going to play all year. 
Uh, Northwest is, is very, very competitive. They carry a lot of kids on their varsity team, and they are very well coached. Uh, we're just lucky or, or very fortunate enough to be in this position to where we can play for or, or have a share of the, the district title. That's that's huge for us. That, that lets us know that we can actually go out there and compete at a high level and put ourselves into position to be successful. Uh, and, and finally, uh, Coach, I can't let you go without asking you, you know, you're a guy who um... – those who don't know, you were you were a star there at Austin LBJ in the Austin area, um, and then you go on to TCU, where you were on those uh, those outstanding kind of late two thousands uh, TCU teams. Yes. Um, I just got to know: can you still go? Not a bit. I give you about uh, a good on. ten yards. Listen, I give you ten yards of, of a good burst, <laughs> and then that's all I got for you. I actually uh, tweaked my knee a little bit running down the sideline with day one. I tried to keep up, but I had to stop myself. <laughs> So, so what you're saying is that you haven't lined it up with some of these kids and 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 tried to try to maybe do 50 yards or something like that. I may give them a five yard run in in red zone on scout team, but I, I stick mostly to throwing the ball a little bit. <laughs> He's Joseph Turner. Yeah. He's the head coach of the playoff bound Fort Worth Northside Steers. Uh, follow him on Twitter at Joseph. Tur- uh, let's see. What, let me make sure I get this right. Joseph Turner 24. Coach, really appreciate your time. Congratulations again. We're so thrilled for you guys. Best of luck Thursday and best of luck in the playoffs. That's great. Thank you guys for having me. There he goes. Joseph Turner, head coach, Fort Worth Northside Steers. I imagine this is the most publicity that Northside, just in the past couple of past couple days. Yeah. This is like just there was an article in the Star Telegram about them. People are talking about them. Been a, it's been a minute, guys, since 1979. Coach literally was not born yet. Yeah. <laughs> Last time Northside made the playoffs. Um, really, really impressive. And the, stu- the, the, the turnaround there has been remarkable. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm always like, I, I'm always, ad- I always admire coaches who are able to motivate kids uh, in situations where those teams are just not winning you mm-hmm. know what i mean that's the toughest thing yeah and and those are really tough programs to turn around I, I i've always said that staying at the top is easier than getting to the top mm-hmm. that climb can be really steep especially with situations like there at fort worth isd getting just making the playoffs is such a huge huge boost for this program and you know what this is going to make them a lot more likely to make the playoffs down the road just mm-hmm. because they're going to be able to say hey guys look we did it you can do it too. Uh, sensational job from from Joseph Turner and, and the Steer staff. They are playoff bound. We, we are thrilled for them. So congratulations, to Coach Turner. Appreciate his time today. We are Texas Football today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's, and of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Dave Campbell's Texas Football, along with Wells Fargo, and in conjunction with the Academy Sports and Outdoors Texas Bowl, is proud to present the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week Award to the most deserving high schooler in the state of Texas. Every Monday at noon, in this case, 1239. Although it says 140 over there. Oh, yeah. Oh, man, when I got in my car this morning, yeah, it said an hour later because my clock didn't change, and I was like, what? <laughs> then I made it, and it was fine. Yeah, we were, uh, we were wondering where you were. Ish and I were standing right, around looking yeah. at our watch. We are like, hmm. <laughs> anyway, uh-huh. back to Wells Fargo, the Academy Sports and Outdoors Texas Bowl, our proud sponsors. <laughs> Every Monday at noon, TexasFootball.com announces 10 candidates for that week's awards based on the previous week's on-field performance. Voting is in open on TexasFootball.com uh, for you 
all of you, within the sound of my voice and whether or not you're hearing me or not, you are eligible to vote at TexasFootball.com. Voting closes each uh, Friday at noon with the winner being announced shortly thereafter. Your week 10. Yeah, I got to get this right. Your week 10. <laughs> Dave Campbell's Texas Football, Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week nominees. Richland quarterback Cole Benson threw for 441 yards and seven touchdowns in the Rebels' wild win over Weatherford. Lindale running back Jordan Jenkins ran for 221 yards and three touchdowns, caught two passes for 90 yards and a touchdown for good measure. Stanette West Texas wide receiver Jonah Villanueva, 16 catches, 348 yards, two touchdowns receiving. Yeah. Sybil of Steel wide receiver Darren McKnight had 10 catches for 263 yards and five scores for the Knights. Big win for them. Crane running back Brandon Cerna, 126 yards and three touchdowns on the ground. 110 yards and a touchdown receiving, and he also added 99 punt return, punt return yards. Clear Falls quarterback Gavin Esquivel threw for 442 yards and six touchdowns for the Knights. Somerset running back Hunter Hernandez, 352 yards and seven touchdowns on the ground, and he added 19 yards receiving as well. El Paso Eastwood quarterback Andrew Martinez went 20 of 24 for 310 yards and six touchdowns and added 187 yards and a touchdown on the ground. That's ridiculous for the Troopers. Rockwell wide receiver Jackson Smith Jigba is back. Nine catches, 325 yards, and four touchdowns. And one of those catches was insane. One of them was like a one-handed catch. Yeah. <laughs> He's a freak show. Just doing normal stuff. Just, yeah. just doing, normal Jackson doing stuff. Jackson yeah. stuff. <laughs> and finally, Hebronville running back Reno Alarcon ran for 270 yards and five touchdowns on the ground. So those are your Week 10 Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week nominees. Richland quarterback Cole Benson, Lindale running back Jordan Jenkins, Stanette West Texas wide receiver Jonah Villanueva, Sybil Steel wide receiver Darren McKnight, Crane running back Brandon Cerna, Clear Falls quarterback Gavin Esquivel, Somerset running back Hunter Hernandez, El Paso Eastwood quarterback Andrew Martinez, Rockwall wide receiver Jackson Smith Jigba, and Hebronville running back Reno Alarcon. Vote early, vote often, vote now at TexasFootball.com. Let me find that Are you tired one. of talking yet? I'm always tired of talking. <laughs> Dave Campbell's Texas Football is proud to honor one team from each public school classification with a Team of the Week award. The schools selected throughout the course of this program have best exemplified the best in Texas high school football. Your Week 10 Dave Campbell's Texas Football Teams of the Week. Speaking of droughts. In 6A, Plano West. The long wait is over as the Wolves mounted a furious fourth-quarter comeback, including two touchdowns in the final minute capped by Danny Davis's 10-yard go-ahead touchdown pass to Wyatt Johnson to snap a 34-game losing streak with a 36-35 win over Plano East. Congratulations to Plano West and Tyler Sukup. Uh, again, getting off the schneid. Congratulations to them. They're our team of the week. In 5A... Fort Worth Northside. The Steers are <laughs> dancing for the first time since 1979, clinching a playoff spot with a hard-fought come-from-behind victory over Fort Worth Polytechnic, 21-20. In 4A, Laferia. The Lions use a second-half surge and a steady defensive effort to topple Hidalgo, 28-12, clinching their third straight district title and finishing the regular season at 10-0, the only team in the Rio Grande Valley that f uh, that accomplished that feat. That's a, I gotta redo that. In 3A, sorry, I see a typo. In 3A, Whitney, Garrett Peacock hit Colby Tanner for a go-ahead nine-yard touchdown pass with 48 seconds left as the Wildcats stunned previously unbeaten defending state champ Grandview 
26-21. In 2A, it had to be post. In the <laughs> state's only matchup of undefeated squads in Week 10, it was all about the bold gold, who got 192 yards and three touchdowns from running back Ashton Jefferson in a dominating 53 nothing romp over New Deal. And in 1A, loop. Playing their 10th game in 10 weeks, the Longhorns clinched the district title with a 74-26 win over Wilson, finishing the regular season 9-1 and and staking their claim as one of the state's most improved squads. So those are your Week 10, Dave Campbell's Texas Football Teams of the Week. In 6A, Plano West. In 5A, Fort Worth Northside. In 4A, Laferia. In 3A, Whitney. In 2A, Post. And in 1A, Loop. Congratulations to all the schools. We salute you. For more information, visit TexasFootball.com. I've already done the spiel. Enough about TexasFootball.com slash insider, right? Yeah. Say TexasFootball.com slash insider. TexasFootball.com slash insider. There you go. There Good you job. Go. Good job, Ish. Good job, Ish. A pat on the back. <laughs> Time for our campus crawl. Our look at the college football weekend, uh, the FBS ranks. Look at the 12 FBS teams. Uh, once again, in a mystery order. Uh, if you can guess the order, then uh, we will give you a pat on the back like Ish just got. So, uh, <laughs> make sure you check that out. All right. We'll start with Rice. I mean, same song, different verse. Like, I actually, you know, the one thing I'll say about this, I think Rice's defense might actually be pretty good. Sure, you I can really, say that. I think their defense might actually be decent. Like, it might actually be tolerable. Um, this is a, um, the, the defense uh, played, once again, pretty well. Um, but the offense completely no-showed, once again. And, by the way, if you're interested... Um, S&P Plus does not agree with me. They're 127th in offense, 105th in defense. Yep, that's all I was waiting for. Yeah, so not great. Decent special teams, though. Anyway, uh, look, they're 0-9. They're still that game with UTEP, mm-hmm. right? That's basically the chance. Um, so, blech. Speaking of which, UTEP. Blech. I mean, that, that basically we're all just kind of careening towards that Rice-UTEP game. Yeah. Um, there, there's not much else to look for. Now, I will say... Look, I think that they've got some pieces there. I really do, offensively. Trayvon Hughes and Josh Fields, I think, is a good one-two punch in the running game. The offensive line is not good, plain and simple. And they don't have a quarterback. And that's a big problem. And by the way, their defense got torched by Mason Fine and company. And and I, I know normally people would say, well, of course, it's Mason Fine. But Mason Fine has not had a great year. He got right in this game. Nothing gets you right like playing the UTEP defense. They got absolutely hammered in this game defensively. In this game, it was 52-26, and honestly, it wasn't that close. It was not that close. They were up 14-0 in like... 30 seconds. 30 seconds. Yeah, so. Disappointing for UTEP. They are 1-7. SMU. Obviously, look, it's disappointing for SMU, right, to lose that game. But we sat here on this show on Thursday, and we even pointed out, we said, guys, Memphis is really good on special teams, and SMU is really bad in special teams. And you know what? If you want to talk about the difference in a close game like this, it's special teams. Memphis returns that opening kickoff for a touchdown in the second, second half. half yeah. mm-hmm. And I was like, that's it. Like, their that's offense had, like, yeah. And, like, for yeah. a good portion of the game, their offense started, like, the 40. Like, it was... Yes. I don't know. Long story short, hire a special teams coordinator. SMU. Please. Please hire Stop a special teams coordinator. splitting up your tight ends coach yeah, to it just, they, do a side job. That ended up costing them basically a chance at like a New York Six Bowl. Because mm-hmm. like they're not going to – like now the problem is – the problem with that loss is that you are now behind the eight ball 
uh, in that in that in that division, right? You need because by the way, you still got Navy. Yeah. You're you're basically in third place now, and you can leapfrog Navy if you get a chance. But you are now rooting for Memphis to lose twice, and it's just, it's probably not going to happen. Um, it's just probably not going to happen. It's really disappointing. SMU had their shot, and again, look, I thought the other here's the other thing, okay? Mm-hmm. And it's hard it's hard to complain about the offense, right? Because the offense put up. 550 yards of offense, right? Yeah. It's hard to complain about that. Wouldn't it be cool if they had run the ball? And I know that, like, I know that they were trailing for a lot of this game. And so, you obviously, your things things change a little bit. No, they, they got away from it. But they definitely got away from the run. And they kind of put, I mean, we've said for, we've said all year that one of the things that makes SMU work this year is that they're not asking Shane Bouchelle to go out there and win the game by himself. Mm-hmm. They more or less asked Shane Bouchelle to go out there and win the game by himself. Mm-hmm. And some, by the way, some of those play calls, and I know I'm, I hate to be nip, nitpicking, but down the stretch, some of these play calls, and, and Fowler brought it up and, and Herbstreit brought it up, which, by the way, it was kind of wild to hear Herbstreit and Fowler calling an SMU game. You gave, that was yeah. great. That was yeah. Yeah. awesome. <laughs> um, but some of those games, I mean, they were trying to single, they were trying to get um, James Prochet singled up, right? Mm-hmm. And so as a result, they're putting him at the bottom of the formation, if you're looking at the TV screen, put him at the bottom formation. And then they're making, they're asking Shane Bouchelle for an eight-yard out, they're asking him to throw the ball like 40 yards on a line. And I'm going, there have got to be better ways to get the ball to James Prochet. Right. Now, look, it would have been nice to have Reggie Roberson. I don't know if he would have been the difference in this game because their offense, I don't think, necessarily had was the problem here. Mm, yeah. And again, losing to Memphis at on the road, I think we're starting to realize is not that, not that bad because Memphis is a good team. Mm. They looked the part offensively. That... Um, that Kenneth Gainwell. I know the numbers aren't overwhelming, but man, that dude's got some burst. Man, that was great. That was a fun game. It was a fun game. It just it feels disappointing. If it, 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 and again, everything else is still in front of them. They could still finish the year eleven and one, and maybe wacky things happen, right? But that felt like a missed opportunity there from um for for SMU. So, next up, A and M. One of the few teams I think to go out there and just take care of business, right? Um, they really they, they looked pretty good. Um, you know the 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 defense I think stepped up in a big way against an offense that they couldn't really do anything. Um, Isaiah Spiller set a freshman record for at A and M with uh, two hundred seventeen yards, three scores. Mm-hmm. He was great, and he had a couple big bursts. He looks like he could be a star. You kind of hope he's the next in line of mm-hmm. Jimbo Fisher's good track record with running backs. So. They had a couple of freshmen step up. Jalen mm-hmm. Weidermeyer had a good game too. It was a, a it was a get right game. Yeah, it was. And, and look, they got right. Um, they still have the toughest finish in all of college football. Uh, South Carolina, well, South Carolina, not a layup anymore. Yeah. Uh, and then at Georgia and at LSU. But overall, they took care of business against the team they were supposed to take care of business with. Uh, no real shame in that. So overall, A&M looked great. Mm-hmm. Texas took the week off. Mm-hmm. Now they get Kansas State at home. And the good thing is they're not in Manhattan because Manhattan has been yep. a house of horrors for them. Bad news um, is Kansas State looks really good still. They look really good. So... Um, Big game this week against Texas to kind of right the ship and, and kind of salvage this season, I What think. time is that one up? 2.30, I think. Nice. Is that right? I can check that. I have the internet. Um, Texas versus Kansas State is at 2.30. Nice. On ESPN. In fact, I don't think there are any night games. I think we're done. There's like a 3 o'clock kick, and that's it for Texas team. Like, they, they're they done in prime time. I'm so, I'm I'm for that personally. So, you got stuff to do that night. <laughs> <laughs> it just it just feels nice to have like, oh, I, I, I can focus my whole day around this time frame. Yes, I and agree. Just that. have the day. I agree with that. <clears throat> All right, Houston. Um, 
I mean, there's some good and there's some bad, yeah, but basically yeah. this is what we thought they were. Like, yeah. I mean, now Clayton Toon, again, I, I, I just can't help but feel like, and this is going to hang over this team for the rest of the year, yeah. I can't help but feel like if they had Derek King in there, and, and I know, look, like, obviously Dana Holgerson very clearly has a plan. We can certainly debate the merits of that plan, mm-hmm. but he has a plan to play for 2020, okay? I can't help but feel like they punted a little bit too early on 2019. Because I feel like there's some talent here. I feel like they got a good game from Mobile Car. Um, I feel like they were Which able he's, to... he's definitely not going to play anymore because he's on his fourth game. Yeah. So. Yep. Like, they got a like, good game from him. There are pieces here, but I don't know. And the, But the other the other issue is that the defense down the stretch, especially the second half, guy. I mean, it's a, it's, U, it's UCF. It's, you yeah. Know, they don't... Right now, Houston does not have the horse to compete with UCF. No, especially and, the secondary. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean... You know, the fact that they had this game really close in the first half, you know, I'd take that as a win considering yeah. where the season is going. Like, I yeah, know, I mean, it was... You're playing for 2020, and you're getting a lot of these guys that are going to be your, on your two deep next year. You're getting them a lot of yeah. runs. So. It, it, they they got to, you know, they covered the spread. This yeah. was, like, I don't know. It, I, I The whole time I was watching this game, I was thinking, man, this feels like this could be a team that could contend, but... I mean, they they're just not right now, and to, you know they're going to play out the string and probably go what four and eight, five and seven, something like that. Something like that. Yeah, three more games. Next up, North Texas. I mean, that was more like it. That's kind of what we were expecting to see. Is you know now, granted, it's against North, it's against UTEP. UTEP scored some garbage time points in that game, but that was that was the offense we were hoping to see. Um, mostly because UTEP can't pressure the quarterback. Mm-hmm. That Mason Fine got to carve him up. Uh, they didn't run the ball particularly well, but they didn't really have to. Um, they were they were on top of them early, and then the defense was able to kind of play uh, center field and make sure that they don't give up big plays. Uh, look, it was they they played a team they were a lot better than, and they beat a team they were a lot better than. That's what you're expecting from North Texas. It was a win you had to have uh, to get bowl eligible. They only got three games left: uh, Louisiana Tech, Rice, and UAB. Feel like they're going to beat Rice. The other two, they got to they got to split them to mm-hmm. get to a bowl. Uh, that's certainly within range. The game they were supposed to win, they won the game. Not a whole lot else to say. Um, Mason Fine should win the Heisman uh, because of his post-game press conference. I agree. TCU. Well, you know, we wondered. My big question was coming to this game was, has Max Duggan turned a corner? And there were times in that game where he looked really good and comfortable. Mm-hmm. He also threw three interceptions, two of which were quite bad. Terrible. Mm-hmm. Quite bad. He was also their leading rusher, which is probably the bigger issue. <laughs> the bigger issue is they have to they have to run the ball to take the pressure off him. You go back to what they did against Texas, they were able to run the ball and then add in the passing game. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest thing here. Um, but, the, I mean, I don't know. I would need to look up the last time they got torched on the ground. Like they got torched by Chuba Hubbard. I mean, it's, it's Chuba Hubbard. Now Chuba Hubbard's really like good. I, I would I would I would count that more to just Chuba Hubbard doing Maybe. Chuba Hubbard things and probably it was, should be a Heisman. You know, it's but. it's very cool. And you kind of mentioned it, and mm-hmm. I know you've mentioned on Republican Football. Subscribe um, that basically this TCU offense we thought could be great is mm-hmm. only good. It's fine. It's yeah. fine. Yeah, that's an issue when you're getting inconsistent quarterback play. Mm-hmm. Like, well, like the the biggest issue was that. Um, Max Duggan, for all we've said about him, consistently he's been careful with the ball. 
Yeah. Hasn't he had one pick going? I think he had ten touchdowns, one pick going into this mm-hmm. game. Um, granted, he was also he's also probably been conservative to a fault at mm-hmm. times, but uh, you always counted him, him to take care of the ball. And they were going against a quarterback who was known to turn over the ball in Spencer Sanders. Um, and the opposite happened. Spencer Sanders wasn't asked to do a lot because Chuba Hubbard, you know, ran through TCU's defense, and Max Duggan. I don't know if it was just a confidence high off last week, Maybe. you know, say, feeling he could gun these passes um, and take these risks. But he, like you, you mentioned, two of those picks were inexcusable. Yeah, yeah, they they were really bad. So I don't know. I mean, I still th- I still like where Max Duggan is. Yeah, um, he he I was think a freshman. Trending in the right way. He was he's a freshman and he hadn't had this game mm-hmm. until now. He just happened to make his biggest freshman mistakes in the same game, which you know. Bad to see, but yeah. every freshman's gonna make this, make those mistakes where you you you're overconfident. You feel like you can make a pass because you made it in high school and it didn't and work then out. And you don't. Right, exactly. <laughs> you're like, oh right, that's an FBS that's, caliber yep, safety. Not gonna happen. So. <laughs> Baylor. We talked a lot about this on Friday, uh, but now you can certainly draw parallels, and by parallels, I mean complete opposites between that and the other undefeated team entering the weekend, right? Mm-hmm. Which is SMU. Great game from their offense, bad game from their defense, terrible game from their special teams. Baylor, basically the inverse. Mm-hmm. Good to great game from their defense, great game from their special teams, <laughs> awful game from their offense. Uh, can they balance that out? Going on the road to take on TCU this week. Um, the offense will have to be better, especially running the ball. They have to be able to run the ball against what is, you know, against against this this TCU defense. Um Figures be interesting. And the other thing is that for TCU, this is they're starting to count games left that they have to win in order to get to a bowl. So it's going to be a desperate TCU team going up against Baylor. Figures to be a fun fun matchup, and, and, and of course, was a great rivalry. Texas State. I mean, I don't know what I expected. Um, same song, different verse. Mm-hmm. Tyler Vitt. I don't want to blame Tyler Vitt. No. Because I don't think it was his fault. I don't think he's the biggest problem with this team. No. I don't think quarterback's the biggest problem with this team. The, biggest problem, problem, team, not the, biggest, problem. the biggest problem with this team is the offensive line. Yeah. The offensive line stinks. Mm-hmm. And they can't run the ball. Nope. And he doesn't have any time to throw. Um, And look, the defense just, you know, it wore down. Mm-hmm. Plain and simple. It wore down. Second half, they, got, it, they turned a close game into getting blown out. And... That's the way it goes. That's what happens when you like you want to talk about cutting the legs out from underneath an offense. If you don't have an offensive line and they don't right now, they do not have an FBS caliber offensive line. That's plain fair. and simple. Yep. There's a couple of teams in the state that don't. Mm-hmm. Texas State's one of them, and it's like every game's going to be an uphill climb for them because of that. Texas Tech took the week off, as and then uh, so we won't talk about them if unless you want to. You want to talk about Tech? No. We'll <laughs> talk about them next week. And finally, UTSA. <laughs> UTSA goes to um, to A and M, and again, I don't, passing know, touchdown. I don't know what you expected. Low, they no, did score Narcisse. first. <laughs> um, did they? Yeah, yeah, they were on the board first. Yeah, since Sarah McCormick was, drove them down, and then, that's right. Uh, it was seven nothing at one no, point. Lil Narcisse ran for the touchdown. That's yep. right. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we got the ESP, I got the notification about it. Yes. <laughs> UTSA was leading this game, seven nothing. Yeah. And then gave up, I think, like 45 unanswered. But um, they were leading at one point. They were point. leading at one point. I mean, I don't great, know what you expect. Yeah, great teams cover. That's what's supposed to happen. They covered. Um, and look, there, I don't think there's a ton you can glean from it because it's a team that was just plain and simple overmatched. Right. Um, there's not a ton you can glean from it. You know, it's on to the next one. There's still, you know, bigger fish to fry down the stretch. Um, 
four games left. Old Dominion, which certainly you better win that game, I think, on the road. Southern Miss, tough. Florida Atlantic, very tough. And then Louisiana Tech, mm. very tough. Do you see three mm. wins there? No. No. <laughs> I see one to two. So, anyway, I mean, I don't think there's a whole lot you can glean from it. I mean, they miss their opportunities early. Like, mm-hmm. they miss their opportunities uh, against North Texas. They miss their opportunities uh, against UAB. They miss their opportunities, you know, earlier in the year to get bowl eligible. But, yeah. in any case, that's exactly what we thought was going to happen. Mm-hmm. That's the campus crawl. Anybody get the order? Uh, yeah, I think Jacob John got it, like, after, like, maybe the second or third pick. Is it coaches named alphabetically? That's exactly right. Wow. Pat on the back. I'm not kidding. Like, after well done. he started <laughs> off with, like, Rice, and he was, like, and then the very next one, he was, like, it's got to be coaches' names. Bloomgren, Dimmel, wow. Dykes, Fisher, Herman, Holgerson, Latrell, Patterson, Rule, Spavital, Wells, Wilson. Yeah, wow. it was well done. Impressive. Yeah, it was very impressive. Well we knew done. all along he had it. <laughs> and now we go to Ashley Pickle for America's second favorite segment. Final thoughts. Um, yeah, hang on. There we go. Um, let's see. First off, uh, first fourth through the door was Rob Hadaway, Ryan Christopher, and Daniel Agnew. And then um, will there be a list of all one on like one and done games in Week Eleven? Um, we're gonna try to come up with that. Um, it's a little bit. The, the thing is, there's there's two categories of one of winning in games, right? There's a category that's very obvious. That's like this is for the fourth seed. The winner gets in, the loser is out. Okay, there's some of those. The more common one is the winner is in and the loser is not necessarily eliminated. So yeah, we'll try to come up with that this week. We've got a lot to do to mm-hmm. get ready for the playoffs. I owe you guys an email, actually. Um, and yeah, we will. I'll try to. I'll try to run through and get a list of the um, the the win the the de facto playoff games mm-hmm. uh, coming to this this week. I got one more for you. Uh, pineapple on pizza. No nope. thoughts. Yeah, it's fine. I enjoy it. It's fine. I actually I had don't. some uh, the great the underrated combinations: pineapple and jalapeno. That I can a, do that. that is I can great, do almost yeah. anything. That's a great combination. I was fixing to say I like the uh, I like like the typical Hawaiian pizza, but with the like Alfredo sauce instead of the marinara. It's a game I will not. I will not changer. seek it out. I won't pass it up if it's given to me. Mm-hmm. It's it, you know what it is. It's People like, who refuse are just doing too much. They, that's it's just, like no. It's like, Ugh, how could like, no, you? It's, pizza. Like, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's not bad. Yeah, I was about to say. I don't. Americans have like Americanized pizza so much. You're not you're not preserving any type of purity. No, I don't. I don't prefer it. But. If you're asking me, is is this something I'm going to throw out? Right. No, I'm not going to. That's fair. Um, it's like you know what it's like. Hmm. It's like beer, right? Mm-hmm. If it's cold and free, don't <laughs> like, take right. like yeah, don't fair. like don't turn it down. Turn it down. Yeah. yeah. Simple. That's going to do it for us. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com/slash Dave Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com/slash Dave Campbells, and of course, see us at TextFootball.com. Thanks to Fort Worth Northside coach Joseph Turner for being our guest. For Ishmael Johnson and Ashley Pickle, I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please give me your Player of the Year trophy. Oh look, he's right there. Oh, he's gone now. <laughs> See you tomorrow on Texas Football <laughs>